Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. The power packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley sports fans. We are back. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell. And good old Salmon Shorts himself. Good old Salmon Shorts Carlin. That's what they call me. Salmon Shorts Carlin. At least now it's because of the color. Well, Not the smell, yeah. We uh, we we had a <laughs> we had a really really weird convergence this morning outside. Vinny, you were not quite here yet. It was Sarah, me, and Jared just kind of oh, all was showed here. up. Okay, hold on. Let me just tell the story. Salmon Shorts. <laughs> So we showed up together. Sarah had forgotten her access card. Jarrett's wearing shorts in November, mid-November, right? And I'm wearing a mask outside. It was just, it, we were misfits. It looked like a bunch of people dragging ass to the end of a week. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good description of the show. <laughs> right. We should be called right. the misfits. Right. But I, and I immediately got on Carlin. Like, Why are you still wearing shorts to work? It's not his fault. It's November, and it's still hot in the That's daytime. What, gonna, what the hell's going on, It's going to be almost way. 90 this weekend. Yeah. Uh, also, I, it, it's teetering. We're inside, you it, goons. It, it's teetering. <laughs> the, the temperature is teetering at that spot, which makes it very difficult to, to come to the conclusion I'm shutting off my air conditioning. But you if need, you shut it off, yeah. it's going to get real hot inside. Yeah, you got to wear Nobody okay. likes that. Yeah, and then you right. got to dress in layers during the day, too, because it... Arizona is one true. of those places yeah. where it's literally yeah. a thirty-degree yep. swing between mm-hmm. the low and the high, and we experience the low and the high now with our new, t- you know, it's time true. slot. Sarah, what were you to say? To your point, yeah. Dan, when you said the three of us converging and just dragging ass to the end of the week, I have never felt that harder than today. Yeah, just yeah. the struggle bus. Oh. it has uh. been started. <laughs> I mean, I, I was not part of this weird convergence in uh-huh. the parking lot, but uh, I'm glad uh, that uh, my attire is not the subject of discussion. <laughs> so we'll just let the cat out of the bag. I've come to my my own personal policy uh morning show after a son's night game you're getting sweatpants vinny Good yeah no, sorry that's i know that you you make that statement i know you do that's yep. your defiance that's that that's vinny's level of defiance that's, that's as far what? as he takes There's our, it that's our show sweatpants vinny and the ass draggers <laughs> there you go finally what you said about dressing in layers here in november you're absolutely right about that carlin once i was sent here to cover michael jordan in the fall league and like the idiot that i am i packed no jackets i thought arizona oh look at these temperatures i don't need to pack a jacket well, you had to show up early in the morning, and I'm like, I am freezing. <laughs> it's true. You know? But that, that's the thing, though. If we were broadcasting the show outside, I would be wearing long sleeves and long pants need, right now. You need to take a cue from your spirit animal, Frank Kaminsky. Dress like the person you want to be. Be the person you want. Well, I guess you already are. Be the <laughs> I think I dress I like the person are. I want to be. I guess you are. All right, let's You start dress the like show. the person Jared. nobody else wants to dress like, too. <laughs> Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Here 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Well, we got our first look at the Cardinals injury report for week 10 Wednesday, and it was so long. How long was it? It was so long, I'm pretty sure it was written by Bill Simmons and directed by (laughs) Judd Apatow, babe. (laughs) Alternate joke. That's good. We got our first look at the Cardinals injury report Wednesday, and it was so long. How long was it? I'm pretty sure that Tolstoy was responsible for it. Uh, Twelve different Cardinals didn't practice, but then again, practice didn't really happen because all of the injuries. It was more of a walkthrough. Among those who didn't walk through, Buda Baker, Chase Edmonds, Max Garcia, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Kyler Murray, Jordan Phillips, and Justin Pugh. What could possibly go wrong? Murray did speak to the media and said he's made, quote, crazy strides in his recovery from an ankle sprain, holding out hopes to play Sunday against Carolina. Uh, The list was... uh, I didn't finish this sentence. I just pulled a Jared. I'm sorry. Oh, that's my sports kebab move now. Cardinals also (laughs) figured out their long snapper situation in wake of Aaron Brewer's uh, broken arm that will keep him sidelined for a few weeks. Kyle Nelson signed to the practice squad. Look for him to be elevated. Nelson, 35 years old, a nine-year league veteran, spent seven years with the 49ers. They also activated tight end Demetrius Harris. But You're absolutely right about that when you said that earlier, that long snappers are sneakily important in the NFL. I was thinking about it, too, as I was looking up the career of Kyle Nelson. They are the most anonymous of NFL players, yet all of them have been in the league for 10 years. I'm telling you. Kids, if you're listening and you have a dream to have a long professional sports career, you know, bulk up, get to about 240, 250, uh-huh. just, and just start throwing things through your legs while you're hunched over. <laughs> it's a good career path yeah. if you can nail down uh-huh. one of those jobs, uh-huh. I'm telling you. Is that bad advice? No, not necessarily. <laughs> pull them out of school. Yeah, pull them out of school. Send them... I'm going to start a long snapper academy. Uni- LSU, long snapper <laughs> university. Go snappers. <laughs> uh, for Carolina, the injury list was a lot shorter. Only four players unable to practice, but that group did include quarterback Sam Darnold and defensive end Brian Burns, who's really, really mad at Mac Jones, by the way. Oh, he is. Uh, Sam Darnold out four to six weeks with that uh, fractured scapula. Thursday night football kicks off week 10 in the league with MVP candidate Lamar Jackson leading the Baltimore Ravens into Miami to face the 2-7 and seven Dolphins. With the time change, kickoff is now at 6.20 mm-hmm. Arizona time tonight. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is coming off the game. Even though Vinny gave Kyler Murray his homer MVP vote yesterday, Lamar, ja- Lamar Jackson threw 41 passes and ran the ball 21 times last week against the Vikings. No quarterback has ever done that. Gone 40-20. and 20. In passes and runs. I mean, we could have the debate. That certainly screams value, (laughs) but it also screams failure by the front office to put anything else worth (laughs) anything around Lamar Jackson. They're all injured, Vinny. (laughs) All right, let's continue. Phoenix Suns used a strong second quarter to create a little separation. They held on for a 119-109 win over the Portland Trailblazers at Footprint Center. One of the reasons for that second quarter surge, Frank freaking Kaminsky. The backup center scored 14 of his career-high 31 in the quarter, during which the Suns outscored Portland 33-21. Chris Paul chipped in with 21. 
Suns were able to shake off a rough shooting night from Devin Booker. He went just 5 of 15 from the floor, but did contribute in other areas with 8 rebounds and 6 assists. Six straight wins for the Suns now. Longest uh, streak in the league, 7-3 seven, three, seven three overall. Portland, one of only two NBA teams still without a win on the road, Houston being the other. Uh, next three are on the road for the Suns starting tomorrow night in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Uh, As somebody who sat night. courtside, were those really MVP chants in the building last night? Can I just get something off my chest? Mm-hmm. NBA MVP chants are becoming one of my least favorite things really? in all sports. Yeah. Played out? Yeah. If you're chanting MVP in late October, early November at an NBA game, tell me you've never been to an NBA game before without telling me you've ever been never been to an NBA <laughs> right, game. There you before. go. There you uh, go. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors became the first team to double digit wins. They beat Minnesota in San Francisco. Andrew Wiggins led the way with thirty five against this former team. Draymond Green suffered what Steve Kerr called a nasty thigh contusion. He didn't return. Elsewhere, Miami forward Jimmy Butler injured his ankle. Heat lost in overtime to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Coyotes couldn't back up their first win of the season with another. They fell to Minnesota 5-2 at Gila River Arena. Minnesota jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the first nine minutes. Never looked back. Kevin Fiala, a goal and two assists for the Wild. Coyotes now 1-11-1. And they hit the road for the next three, starting in Chicago tomorrow night against the Blackhawks. Something's got to give there, because the Blackhawks yeah, are almost right? as bad as, right? the, as the Coyotes. Uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils back at it tonight on their home floor at Desert Financial Arena, hosting UC Riverside. You know their mascot? I had to look this one up, too. I do not. I used to be so good at mascots, but uh, I was shocked to find out they're called the Highlanders. Okay. The New York Highlander. That. What is a Highlander? Somebody who lives on Highland. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's really, it's really it? no, it's yeah, it's really oh, no more. Yeah, that makes sense. More difficult than that. Yeah, <laughs> a little cooler sounding than hilltoppers, though, right? Scotland, Riverside. Yeah, I see a lot of connections here. <laughs> the UC Riverside Highlanders. Uh, tip <laughs> off tonight, six thirty. Uh, pre-game coverage starts at six o'clock here on ninety-eight-seven FM Arizona Sports Station. There you go. There's your splash for Thursday, Veterans Day. November 11th. Right. Happy Veterans Day to all the, those who uh, have served. Coming up, Suns get their sixth straight win, and it was all about the Frank Kaminsky Show. We'll get into that and more Suns talk next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I think he was tired. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's the team that we have. We celebrate each other. You know, all the, uh, you know, small victories you may call over the course of a season. We're a real family. You know, so we got to do that. Um, it is a long season. Um, but, you know, you, you celebrate guys, uh, accomplishments. Um, we're a family. And that accomplishment that was being celebrated last night, Chris Paul, uh, after the game, was Frank Kaminsky's career night off the bench. Uh, I didn't realize this until I heard uh, John Bloom pointed out on the postgame show last night. Frank mm-hmm. Kaminsky off the bench played 31 minutes and 31 seconds and scored a career-high 31 points. Just then a- he went to Baskin-Robbins and had some uh, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> That's a good line, Jarrett. 
Uh, yeah, Frank Kaminsky, 12 of 18 from the floor, hit all of his free throws, seven rebounds, uh, three assists to go along with the 31 points at a game high, plus 16. Suns beat the uh, Portland Trailblazers 119-109. to Again, uh, a win is a win. We've had a lot of discussions early on in the season about this with the Suns, uh, and it's really hard to uh, dominate for 48 mm-hmm. minutes. The Suns are not adept at putting teams away right now, though. No, that, that I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Frank. Let's talk about let's Frank. Let's talk about Frank. Let's Frank talk Kaminsky. about Frank, baby. Yes. yes. Let's talk about Um, <laughs> I am going to make a public apology to Frank Kaminsky right here and now and get out in front of this right here and now because last year during the playoffs, I was on record as saying, I do not want to see this man in a playoff game. It was unnecessarily harsh for a guy who brought great energy to the basketball team and the room and was an occasional bit contributor. But my hardcore thinking was, in the pursuit of a championship, you need hardcore ballers. You can't waste one minute of playing time on fringe bench guys. I apologize to Frank Kaminsky. (laughs) Because not just for the game he put forth last night, but for what he said after the game which basically was I have been talking to my head coach about becoming the player that I think I am and not just being a fringe bench guy. Can I play uh, this? And this was Kaminsky kind of on on a number of subjects. It's a a little bit long, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, Reflecting on challenging off-seasons, his role with the team, all of that. You know, this past couple off-seasons, free agencies have been tough. Um, There's no mistake about it. I mean, I was within a threat of not being on a team two years ago. Um, Sacramento waived me. Um, you know, I got a call from Phoenix that said, we're going to claim you on waivers. We're going to bring you back, which, you know, for me was everything. Um, I never wanted to leave in the first place. It's just, it was a weird free agency. I was coming off an injury, um, didn't play well in the bubble, didn't know what was going to happen. So, um, I just told myself last year, make the most of the opportunity when your number's called, be ready every single time. And this off season, um, kind of felt the same situation, um, not a lot of teams wanted me. You know, you hear a lot of things about yourself that are hard to swallow. Um, and, you know, I've fallen into the trap before of thinking that I have to prove everyone else wrong instead of proving myself right. And that's a big thing for me this year is just I want to be who I think that I am and just go out there and prove it to myself, not let anyone else dictate, you know, what's going to happen with me. You know, my career and my life is in my hands and I want to make the most of it. In that conversation with Coach, you know, it kind of changed my approach to a lot of things. Um, he was he was truthful. He was honest. He told me, you know, how much he appreciates me and how much he believes in me, and that's all I was looking for. So that's why I had the opportunity to go somewhere else, and I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay right here because this is where I feel the best, and, and it's all it's all about feeling and being comfortable and knowing what to expect every single day, and that's a big thing. That's pretty that's great amazing. stuff right there. Uh, all tied in with the quivering of the voice yeah, and a little bit of amazing. emotion when you, you you reflect on your own journey. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's it's hard not to feel really, really happy for Frank Kaminsky. Well, that's, that's the gold of the story, and that's the gold of the culture of this basketball team, and it, it's, it's, really, it's really something that at a time when so much of the focus off the court is on the workplace culture of the Phoenix Suns, their basketball culture is elite. It is. Because campaign came back to this basketball team because of that. Because and, I feel right. Here. And, you know, op- you heard Frank Kaminsky just describe what his situation was. Not a lot of teams wanted me. He was just this close from being out of the league. 
Cameron Payne this offseason had a different he had different choices. He played himself into some money for the you know the first time since since being drafted. And he could have got more money elsewhere and turned it down to be part of this elite basketball culture. And I think mm-hmm. that's important to point out. Now on the flip side of Frank Kaminsky's big game, Bick, can we talk about what Portland did against Frank Kaminsky? Because I couldn't understand it. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky was dominating the basketball game. He had 18 points in the first half. Um, Portland continually tried smaller players on him, either by not having a big in the game or either by letting him match up against smaller players in the paint. Mm -hmm. And he toasted all of them. Portland is a frustrating basketball (laughs) team. Yeah, they they are forever looking to get over that proverbial hump. You know, they they just are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they've been the same story for four years running now. I'm fr- I'm not a Blazers <laughs> fan, and I'm yeah. frustrated. Well, they clearly did, they clearly looked at Frank Kaminsky the way that I used to look That's at Frank true. Kaminsky. That's but there's true. always a team like that in the NBA. It's like the Joe Johnson Hawks or the Marc Gasol Grizzlies that are always essentially an eight or seven or six seed every single year, and they never get out of the first or second round, and that's it. It's a good way to put it. Damian Lillard actually played well. He's been frustrated uh, and hasn't shot the ball well, but he looked pretty good last night, 12 of 23. didn't shoot a lot of threes, but he had 28 points. McCollum got you know a little hotter early, and... And Norman Powell had a good game for them, but that was it. Like they don't, well, they don't have enough. Okay. the The question becomes now: when DeAndre Ayton comes back, what what do you do about this? Is this is he really making a late career, or not late career? But is he really making a career surge right now? Or or is this just a hot streak? The other thing about the Frank Kaminsky story last night that was fabulous is the fact that at one point in time he was thinking about subbing himself out of the game. He's never been to that spot in the NBA. (laughs) Playing so many minutes that he almost like, Coach, i I got to get a break here. This is a guy that lives for like a shift, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) It's just great stuff. The only thing that was really missing last night, and, you know, the crowd was, was, was loving what Frank was doing, but the game never got, you know, put away to the point where Monty Williams had the opportunity to yeah, to, 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 to have a late timeout right? and have the grand yeah. exit. Uh-huh. That would have been cool for yeah. a, for a player like him who's, who's been buried at the end of the bench. And I, I think now, and we'll get into this a little bit later on, Vic, I think now with the situation at center, when you have DeAndre Ayton when he's healthy, he's the guy, and now you have two viable backups. Yeah. That's good. That's quality I mean, depth. That's exactly what they didn't have in the playoffs last year. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But, man, yeah. credit to Frank Kaminsky. What He's not game. only worked uh, offensively and, and looks very comfortable on that end, but his defense has been fantastic this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not see that coming. It is just such Look, a— Look, I didn't either, but it's fun. And, and you know what? It's, it's a great moment for the fan base and the team to have in the midst of all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six-game winning streak yeah, and intact listen, I, right now. I'm watching the game last night in the first half. I'm looking at Chris Paul, and I'm like, I can't shake the the thought that he just looks a step slow and looks like he's aging a little bit, and he continues to come on at the end of games and in second halves and make just big shot after big shot. It occurred to me again, he is just man. He's pacing himself, <laughs> right? Must he's be. like the guy in stripes who's the last one out of the cot in the morning. Pacing myself, Sergeant. <laughs> I think I speak for this whole platoon. <laughs> 
They said his run should be postponed until we are better rested. <laughs> That's right. That's you can right. text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Kyler Murray had some optimistic news, maybe for this weekend and a possible return, but wow, there's a lot of names on the injury report for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Yeah, but that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, obviously, day to day right now, but uh, I think I've made crazy strides as far as you know in a positive direction uh, since it happened. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and you know, like I said, just day to day, just gonna keep working it up. Kyler Murray and his crazy strides in it's recovery from an ankle injury. Yeah, except he doesn't necessarily stride, but it just sounds like it would be a good nickname for him. No, small strides. Yeah, Cra- I crazy. Crazy small crazy strides. Works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Now let's hear more of that. <laughs> it's actually an underrated Rolling Stones song, in my opinion. What's the name of that again? Um, it's Rock in a Hard Place. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Between a rock and a hard. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, I'm punchy today. I don't, I don't care who knows it. Oh, you. <laughs> Sweatpants Vinny, yeah. next level. Sweatpants yeah. Vinny. Sweatpants Vinny and salmon shorts, Carlin. What a team we got. To yes, quote we, the great we, Phil Collins, I don't care anymore. No, yeah. We're very <laughs> interesting from the waist down today. Excuse me? Our, our shorts and our... <laughs> I gotta right, find some, I gotta go. I gotta find some salmon sweatpants is what I gotta <laughs> find. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that sounds horrible, but Listen, it, it? Uh, again, not to revisit this topic, but Sarah's right. It, I guess you can understand wearing shorts to work, okay? But salmon in November? It matches my shirt. What do you want from my life? It's a mask. I want you to dress appropriately, Jared. I'm the only only hump that dresses up nicely here. (laughs) What? Matches my outfits, and this is is a beautiful look. I was thinking about that today among all the hosts, who the best dressed is. It's easily Luke Lipinski. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Even though it's just black clothing. No, first of all, he has to dress up sometimes because of... He works the Coyotes games. Right. Yeah, but even when Normally, he does it, he looks nice. Yeah. He sores button-ups on days he doesn't he have does, to be anywhere I else. I guess so. And I, I can't say the same for myself. Yeah. I think Bernsey's number two. That's true. Yeah. And then I think it's everybody else. <laughs> everybody else yeah. is great. Everybody no, else. Dan, I would, I would put Dan third. Because yeah. he sometimes I, uh, wears button-up shirts. Yeah, when, that's true. Everybody when else I, when very casual. When I have casual. to do other things official, I, I can dress up very well. I just don't do it very often. I mean, often. 90% of the time I wear collared shirts with, with dress pants. Okay. You just don't like my wardrobe, Jared? Is that what you're saying? You are punchy. It just seems casual. It's nice. It's nice. All right. Nothing special. I do appreciate the effort you put in, Jared. Sorry. Yeah, I won't that, talk you about know what, your that is, that, There anymore. is something to be said for that. You you do put in a sincere effort at being you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. Let me go to Kyler Murray. Look, yeah. the, Kyler Murray won li- name on a list that just went on forever and ever and ever. A list so long that Cliff Kingsbury basically said, we're not practicing Punching. today. Yeah, we're, we're going to practice. We're going to have a walkthrough yeah. to get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they are. That's the reality of the situation for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, and and it, it continues. You even get more news as the week goes on. Cliff Kingsbury talking about long snapper Aaron Brewer. Yeah, Aaron broke his arm, so um, he will be out a number of weeks, and um, hopefully he, he gets well soon. 
Yeah, and Cliff Kingsbury also yesterday going through a walkthrough, but yeah. uh, that's not the first time they've kind of altered things on Wednesdays. Here was uh, the head coach uh, elaborating on that. Yeah, I don't want to give away you know our, our secret um, right now, but we definitely made some adjustments at, at this juncture um, in our season to uh, really more of a Wednesday than, than anything. Um, Last year, Wednesday was was fairly intense throughout the season, and um, we were able to, to make some adjustments that I think have, have helped guys feel fresh, um, particularly some of the veteran guys, and, and feel uh, more ready to go when Sunday rolls around. Okay. Uh, my thoughts on that are, A, I hope they're able to have practice today. I mm-hmm. hope they have enough guys to actually have a real live practice and rep some of this stuff for Sunday today. But secondarily, I'm I'm very excited about the crazy strides that Kyler Murray might make, and uh, because let let's be honest here, Colt McCoy was pheno- phenomenal. He was great last week. Yes. What are the odds of him stacking those kind of performances? Maybe he'll maybe he's about to pull a Frank Kaminsky. I don't know, but this is a great time for Kyler Murray to come back. And it's a great time for Colt McCoy to step back and say, see what I can do and just be that beloved backup quarterback. I think it's a fair question. And I agree with you that Colt McCoy was, and I use the term on on Monday, nearly flawless in what he was asked to do and how he carried it out. Mm -hmm. But you also have to consider the fact that things went really well. A, there was a good game plan that was stuck to and was able to be stuck to because of the conditions of the game. The Cardinals jumped out to that lead. Uh, and they they were able to f- to fall back on that game plan. Colt mm-hmm. McCoy carried it out, but you know, Carolina's not a very good team, but things are not going to go that smoothly every single week, so right. it, it's a fair question well, to ask. I'm not saying the answer to that question is no, he can't keep it up. I just think it's an unknown right now. It is an unknown, and and what what's also unknown is whether or not these crazy strides Kyler Murray made are actually real, or if it's not just another deception play. You just don't know. Cliff Kingsbury is as guarded about this stuff as any head coach I've ever seen. He's yeah. not jerkish about it, but he he does not give up any of this stuff. I think a lot of of that college experience is still very much prevalent with, with Cliff Kingsbury and how he deals with that. College coaches, they can be deceptive. They can mm-hmm. be quiet about it. There's not a whole lot of information. Anybody that's ever played college fantasy football knows what I'm talking about. You don't know who's playing from week to <laughs> yeah, week. And right? Why is my best player not playing again? <laughs> there was no news about There's him no this week. There's no news about it. Um, Kyler Murray also, uh, you know, last week was momentous for him and not in a great way. It was the first game he's missed as a pro quarterback, yep. and he talked about what it was like not playing. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, my operation before the game, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it was different. You know, I haven't kind of proud myself on not missing games. I haven't, you know, I probably count on one hand my whole career, uh, my whole life, how many games I've missed. So um, it's definitely different. Um, and, it, and, you know, it wasn't um, not fun. But obviously, you know, when my guys have my back, they uh, they handled, it, uh, handled our business. And um, it, it was fun to watch and see them uh, succeed. All right, so a week off, uh, you dealt with the, not knowing what your operation was pregame. Mm-hmm. Did it recharge you? I wouldn't say recharge. Um I guess I, I don't like missing any you know any time you know so recharging for me it wasn't you know when you're rehabbing I, I feel like you're you're already you know as soon as the season starts you're already kind of getting beat up and then you know if you get an injury you know you're you're plus that um, you're just kind of behind the a ball a little bit so I, I don't think there was any recharging for me but and mentally I mean it's not fun either not you know being able to be yourself and play so. Look, this is not uh, unique to Kyler Murray, but it is great to hear. Uh, I, I, you know, quarterbacks don't like to miss time, to, but to hear him say that, 
now that he's missed time for the first time in his career, to have him reiterate that, uh, it just gives you uh, not only the crazy strides comment, but that kind of attitude oh, yeah. gives you hope that well, this is going to be a, a pretty quick turnaround. Well, for him. Uh, but then the question becomes, and, and again, this is just a hypothetical conversation, because if Kyler Murray is healthy and he says he's 100%, then you play him. But this is also something you have to take into account that Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is in the MVP race right now. He doesn't want to miss a second consecutive game. No, nope. there might be. You might have to, as a franchise, look at this and go the other route and say, "One more week, Kyler, come back against the Seahawks. One more week, we can get this done without you. One more week." Yeah, you might have to step in front of him and tell him it. And again, I'm just I'm I'm looking at this from all different angles right now because. I was not expecting Kyler Murray to say that, what he said yesterday, about making crazy strides. I didn't expect it either, yeah. so it was promising, and mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a little bit of hope in, in the midst of that long injury list. About his MVP hopes, by the way, I looked this up this morning. I uh, just checked the FanDuel MVP odds as they were currently. Kyler Murray's got the third best odds right now on FanDuel. Josh Allen, still the favorite, which I thought was interesting in a game where he drove his team to six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Uh, Tom Brady second, Kyler Murray third, plus 600, followed by Stafford, Prescott, Rodgers. I'm sorry, um, Lamar Jackson's ahead of those, ahead of Rodgers and uh, behind, ahead of Prescott and Rodgers, but behind uh, Stafford. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but if that is, and that shouldn't be the goal, that shouldn't be the impetus to try to come back, is get back in the MVP race. Uh, unless you're the guy pursuing the MVP. Yeah, I mean, for him, it's probably a little bit important uh-huh. because if he comes back and continues to win games, he's going to remain in that race. Yep. But um, if if that is on the burner, you, you're right. You don't want to miss two straight games. No, and, and again, we're all going to get to watch Lamar Jackson tonight, and who knows what he's going to put out in the field. So it, uh, this matters to him, I, and, and I'm glad that it does. I, I'm really glad that it does. It, it really... It comforts me to 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 see the way Kyler Murray frames his own athletic career and what he's pursuing. He's expecting to win championships. I also like what he said yesterday that we should all feel really good about the fact that we have exactly what we need to win what we want to win. That is a good feeling. It's, it's a, a, lot, bi- a, it's a big pocket. deal to ha- to be able to trust your quarterback in the high-leverage situations. Kurt Warner was off the charts good in that. You always knew Kurt Warner was going to be among the best players on the field in a big game. Carson Palmer, you knew he was going to be good, but you you had the question. Tom Brady, big games, best there's ever been. There's, it, it, You know what I mean? So you, to have that confidence in your guy that you can get it done. Do, you, do the Browns love Baker Mayfield? So do the, their fans. They don't know if he can do it. Not all their fans. <laughs> How do you not love Bakes? A week 10 of the NFL season kicks off tonight. Still time for you to sign up for Bakes Picks. Text PICK to 620-620. Sign up, compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize of a tailgate package that features a Yeti Tundra cooler and grill courtesy of Modelo Especial. Weekly winners will receive a $100 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Uh, coming up next... The story that won't go away as a result from the last week in the NFL. Taunting and how it's applied. We'll get into more of that next. It's Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. In Chicago versus Pittsburgh, Bears number 59 is penalized for taunting. 
He takes several steps toward the Pittsburgh bench, posturing toward their sideline. Taunting is a point of emphasis to promote sportsmanship and respect for opponents. This was recommended by the competition committee and coaches. <laughs> There's, it's only 18 seconds. That's Perry mm-hmm. Fuel, who's uh, the SVP of uh, officiating on the weekly video explaining calls that happen in the league in the NFL. And that's the one call that everybody's still talking about is the Cassius Marsh. Yeah. Taunting penalty in Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh beat Chicago. That play was not the death knell for the Bears, but it certainly didn't help things. Mm-hmm. When you think you're getting off the field, and then you have to play defense again because of that call. Yeah. It's kind of an issue. Yeah. Very um, much so. I was driving around yesterday, and um, I was Max Starks was on mm-hmm. uh, with, with Wolf and Luke, and Max had an interesting vantage point for that particular exchange. He's the sideline reporter on radio for the Pittsburgh Steelers Network, so he was right there when it all happened. And he brought up some great points. Look, Cassius Marsh was let go by Pittsburgh at the end of training camp, probably uh, wanted to make a little bit extra oomph into that that, uh, sack to to, to prove a point, hey, you guys shouldn't have let me go. Um, But what I can't get past is the, the, the... Reading into posture and intent, yeah, and and what yeah. what a player looks gesturing at. and posturing is ha, has now replaced blocking and tackling as points of emphasis. And, and part of the discussion that Max Starks brought up, and, and he said, "Okay, don't turn toward the sideline if you want to demonstrate." As we see every week, and I've brought this up before, and I think you're on board with me. After a, after a team forces a turnover, the whole team runs to the end zone. Yeah. And postures in front of the fan base. A team taunt. A team taunt. Yeah. Against a fan base. Yeah. Now, what is more of an issue in your mind when it comes to the NFL, Bick? Is it taunting? Did you walk away from last season and go, wow, the NFL's Never. really got to get the reins in on this taunting Never. problem? Never. But how many times have we this talked is... about on a Monday how many fans are fighting in the stands? Oh, and if you're being incited by the opposing fan base and you're, you're being made to be more emotional about it. Great point. It, it's such a great point. It's so dumb to me. This Vinny, I, and I really I'm really curious what is the truth about where this is coming from because there's a lot of smoke around this story right now. The competition committee uh it involves a, a consortium of of different people. There are uh former players, there's coaches, there's executives. It's kind of a mishmash. Of, of that kind of thing. And and to me, it's like, all right, who is behind this if nobody really likes this? We all kind of saw last week in that Bears-Steelers game just how dangerous this can be. Because imagine if you're a Bears fan. You've got Tony Carrente who, in, who incites contact with a player and then throws a flag for taunting. It's not a, a long bridge to cross to go a corrupt referee could very easily jump in the midst of a very big play, a very impactful play in the NFL, and change the balance of a very important game. So why are you doing this? The president of the NFLPA, the guy, the guy who's the center for the Cleveland Browns, he came out and said, we would like to de- de- like de-emphasize this immediately. The players don't want this which is odd because the competition committee claims it was the NFLPA that brought the issue to them in the first place. Well, this rule has always been on the books. It's just sat there. Again, listen, th- I'm going to play this soundbite for you again. Perry Fuel, listen to how this ends. In Chicago versus Pittsburgh, Bears number 59 is penalized for taunting. He takes several steps toward the Pittsburgh bench, posturing toward their sideline. 
Taunting is a point of emphasis to promote sportsmanship and respect for opponents. This was recommended by the competition committee and coaches. Competition committee and coaches. Players don't want any part of this. No, they don't. And why, don't. If, if posturing and, and looking at the opposing sideline was the impetus for the flag, why did the flag only come out after the brush up against the official? Exactly. Exactly. And you look at this now, and anybody who has played football, anybody who has followed this game, it's an emotional, violent, car wreck of a game. And the fear that's on a field and the and the danger that's on a field, especially in big moments, the adrenaline courses out of control throughout these athletes. And then they make a gigantic play or a huge hit. What are you supposed to do with all that energy inside of you? If you can't bark at a guy... What are we doing here? Don't look here? at anybody. Right. Don't look at anybody. So you have got to process that and, and tame and calm yourself down for what? Look. The NBA, think about it. what if trash talking in the NBA suddenly became illegal? What happened if they gave out tees to any time a guy opened their mouth on a basketball court? You wouldn't have anybody left they, playing basketball. That actually did happen last night to New Orleans. They, five technical fouls in one game. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Um I'm glad you brought up the NBA, though, because let's compare the two leagues and how they recognize an issue and how they deal with correcting the issue. Again, I don't think anybody walked away from the NFL season last year and said taunting is a real problem. No, you're right. They created this problem, and they're making it worse by trying to to put a Band-Aid on something that wasn't bleeding. Yeah, that's exactly right. The NBA recognized a problem in its league, and that was foul fishing. Players doing unnatural basketball things to try to get to the free throw line. And they're cracking. That was a point of emphasis, yeah. and it's being officiated as such. Good and point. some people love it and some people hate it. But this march to the free throw line for players like Damian Lillard and James, and, Harden. And James Harden and Trey Young, it has stopped. And it's frustrating them, but the masses so are appreciating oh. the way the N- NBA recognized and dealt with a problem. Because they have a commissioner who's got a clue. Yeah, well said. That is you're, that is such a perfect, just sort of microcosm example of the two sports mm-hmm. and the way they're run, isn't it? Yeah. The NBA f- figuring out an actual problem and creating an actual solution. The NFL inventing a problem yeah. so that they can create a solution for something that doesn't exist. It, and it's it's really surprising me to me that guys like Mike Tomlin... Ron Rivera, why they signed off on this. You listen to their explanations, and they they talk about something that I didn't even know existed. That, hey, we're trying to really keep a t- uh, the lid on the bigger things that, this, that these taunting can lead to, and guys coming from left field to hit guys, and scores being settled, and bounties being played. What? It's, it's nonsensical, Vinny. Well, and- uh, the, the NFL is the leaders in rules just to have rules. And and this is one of them, and it's a more extreme case. But another thing that's going on in the NFL is CeeDee Lamb is just racking up fines at uh, an un, uh, an unbelievable yeah. pace. And it did call, come to the attention of his teammates who were asking the question, does CeeDee Lamb even like money? And it's for stuff like having his socks too low yeah. or not tucking in his right. shirt, which, yeah, the rules are in place, but... Step back for a second and ask, why are the rules in, in place? Exactly. Is anybody who's watching football in a stadium or on a television going, hey, CeeDee Lamb's socks are too low? 
It doesn't affect what happens on the field. So why is there this weird uniformity rule? It, I don't it, know. The NFL is crazy. Yeah, listen, that I, I don't know I don't know why that is. I don't know why the NFL will not commit to a better relationship with its players. I, I don't know why they cannot do that. Power? But but definitely power. But but the people with power who are smart empower other people. That's true. Well said. Uh, coming up next, Suns get a win last night. We'll relive it in four minutes or less. Suns and four is up next. Bickley Murata mornings live from the Ak Chan Community Studios, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.